Nice. Uh, episode 30. The Lo-Fi Gentleman Podcast. Coming to you. Episode fucking 30. Yeah, there we go. Um, Jamie usually does these, so it's just a bit weird me doing them today. It feels strange. Um, he up your game. Last week you was telling me that I was getting good at doing it, and now we try. We got to fucking elevate you a little bit. All right, so we've got a special guest today. The the face. Give us, give us, Louis, Louis. Give us your version because you called me out last week and said mine was shit. That's give what me I'm a, about to fucking do before you oh, cut okay, me okay. off. Okay. Okay. I'm not doing it. It's time. That's your thing. No, doing do it, it's time. I want to hear your it's nah, time. My it's time your, is your even... time's better. No, no, the, come the, the on. It's time. It's your it's thing. That's not my thing. It's time. That was beautiful. I, don't have I hope that didn't blow out your All mic. Right. So we have a special guest today. I need to say his name so he can fucking join in. Um, uh, he's the face of of Heinz sources. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's a musician. He's a genius. He's um he's a childhood friend, and. Some would say, a mystery. Mm. An enigma. An enigma. <laughs> it's Theo Geary. Hello, that's quite the introduction as well. Yeah, Thank Alex you. got a really shit one. Um, Jamie's friend Alex got a really shit introduction last week, so I thought I'd Excuse me. Nice. Excuse me, I, got, I gave him a fucking... I said, I said he was 156 pounds of 56 pennies. That was a fucking <laughs> amazing... That was off the... Off, off, that was in the moment. I fell in a pond the other day. How? <laughs> Were you alone or with someone? I um I got really fucking drunk in Folkestone. You know um have mm. you been to that uh the Prohibition bar in Folkestone? Yeah. Ah, it's like behind like a like a bookshelf or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's behind. It's in like a pottery store, and then you go through and you go through like a hidden bookshelf, and then there's like yeah. a cocktail bar. It's all like hidden. M- Millie's been there. I haven't been there yet. I've heard about it. It feels really elite, and it makes you feel superior to everybody else. It's really mm. good. Nice. That's um, how Louis always feels. I went in feels. there. I <laughs> uh, had loads of cocktails with my... I had, like, a works-do thing recently. And I got super fucking pissed out my head. Like, where then we are supposed to go have a meal. So I went and sat in a fucking Italian restaurant, just wrecked out my head. Fucking, oh. I just ate olives and bread. Like, I couldn't even eat because <laughs> I was too pissed off. And then we went to Space Bar, which is like, mm. you know what I mean? Them three are all in a row, like right next to each other. It's that cocktail bar, then Lubin's. Oh, you went to Lubin's? Space Bar. Yeah. yeah. And um, I didn't eat anything, space so bar. I couldn't tell you if it's That's nice. It's a space or bar in Canterbury. You've been? No, you haven't. Oh, you, you're not in Canterbury. It's fucking. Where is it? Faversham. Folkestone. <laughs> Folkestone. I always forget where you fucking live now. But basically, <laughs> I. Um, I, uh, I stumbled home like in the evening after being out for ages with them getting drunk getting pissed off and that and I got like paranoid on the way home and started running because like I thought there were fans <laughs> following me and stuff I was literally out of my head like you know when you can't even see like a foot in front of you I was literally like just stumbling home I got all the way home and like in my completely fucking irrational brain I was like trying to put my key in the lock of my door and I couldn't fucking get the key in so I just laid on my front doorstep for ages, just like trying to figure out what to do. And I decided like, I've either got to climb over my house or <laughs> I've got to try sprint through the neighbor's garden and then jump over the fence because obviously I live in a shed at the bottom of my fucking garden. Mm. So climbing over my house didn't seem like a viable option. So I fucking smashed a hole through the bush into my neighbor's garden, which is like, there's a ginormous fucking hole in the bush now from my garden to their garden. I sprinted up their garden, and like, as I got near the top half, I just fucking fell, and I didn't know where I was or anything, but then I was just waist deep in water. And I was literally up to my fucking waist in water soaking wet and like normally a normal person would just climb out of the fucking pond and go like backwards as if like but i was just in the zone so i just charged forwards like waded through the whole fucking pond got to the other side climbed out climbed in my bed and just fell asleep straight away oh you didn't take your clothes off now no, I woke up just clothes. soaking wet, <laughs> <laughs> literally up to my waist. I lost the shoe. So I, I didn't even tell you this, Jamie. My shoe is just gone. 
don't know where it is. It's That's not a pond, pond ornament. It's probably oh. in the pond. <laughs> but um, my boss's wife, it. who I was out with as well, she fucking, she was, you know them like ladies jumpsuits? Mm. She was um wearing one of them and she went to the <laughs> toilet. Like after, as I was leaving, she went to the toilet. And obviously if you're wearing one of them, you have to like take the whole thing off in the bathroom. So she, as she was taking the whole thing off, her arms got caught in it and she just fucking fell like a sack of shit. Oh. Smashed her head on something, <laughs> and um, she said she like woke up like five minutes later, just dazed. And like Dave, she went back out to like her husband and that, and she just had a massive fat, dirty black eye. Like they went to the hospital today and shit, and like she's all fine apparently. There's nothing wrong with her, just black eye. But <laughs> she just fucked. She just flopped it and smashed her face open. Sounds like a good work party then. Yeah, it was fun. They're like uh, solid, solid boys <laughs> night out. Yeah, they're all uh, they're all weird as they our friends and that as well. You know what I mean? They went to my mom's yeah. wedding and stuff, so we're, we're nice. yeah. They are pretty as adults go. They are pretty safe. As adults go, yeah. <laughs> as adults go, there's pretty there's there's quite a few uptight adults in the world who wouldn't be down with like <laughs> when we met this woman at Louis's mum's wedding. We was going up to her going, "Don't be nervous for your speech." Just picture Louis butt naked. Every time you get nervous, don't worry about it. And she thought it was was as funny as we did. So like, she's Jamie, pretty, they're pretty cool. Jamie, you saying as far as adults go, just makes me think that you hang out as a kids. Like I don't hang out with any children anymore, so I don't have yeah, anything of like. <laughs> I don't hang out with anyone who's a kid. I'm the biggest fucking kid in the world. Constantly. So but yeah, me- I have a. It- oh, yeah, go on. No, you, you, you. I, I was just gonna say, fucking, do you have? Theo, this is the po- the time in the podcast that everyone's been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Do you have a story where you shit or pissed yourself or just a very self-deprecating fucking story that you could tell us? Preferably um, shit yourself. We prefer shit yourself stories. Yeah, shit yourself. No, I haven't, I haven't this got This is where the those. stories were born. I wish when I did, but I don't. the last time you shit yourself? Don't say when you're in nappies. We all know that. No, because apparently, apparently I didn't even do that when I was like a toddler like after nappies and stuff apparently I was pretty good with it <laughs> you just you start holding <laughs> <laughs> this is our just main segment is, is to just talk about <laughs> all the times you shit yourself for like an hour and feels like I've never shit my, even no, as a baby I've never had I've just no. shit in the toilet even Alex said he never shit himself he just vomited have you vomited like in a place that you shouldn't have vomited oh um what do you mean in a place in a um, like, yeah, just you should never awkward, vomit like, anywhere. I told a story. Vomit in, in any place is not yeah. a place where you want to be. No, it's, it's kind of socially acceptable at a party. People might look at it funny, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty much like someone's going to vomit. It might as well you're be special, you. Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I did. When I was younger, I used to vomit a lot. <laughs> An unusual amount, some may say. No, I've not, I'm not a vomit sort of person. So you, you haven't so you're not, shit yourself you're not a recently at all? I'm in pretty good control of my bodily functions, and that's not to brag or anything. That is a brag. For me and Jamie, I shit myself like last week. I swear down. Yeah, I literally. Jamie, every time we come on, we we go for a week apart without fucking speaking to each other on this podcast. Every week we have a new story where we almost shit ourselves. That's called alignment. I was was literally on the phone to Louis the other day, right? I went. Where did I just? Oh yeah, I forgot that. I'd I'd come back from somewhere. I was in, it happened to me twice. So I went, the first one was I went to shoot a music video with a guy that's semi kind of fucking known. He's cool. And I was He's like, cool. yeah, he is a cool way. guy. A guy you can't <laughs> shit yourself in front of. Let's put it that way. And fucking, um, I'm walking around this warehouse, which basically is just where we were shooting the music video. We were designing it like a museum. It was a dope fucking video, cool idea. Yeah, it's, it's, I can't wait till it comes out. And fucking, I'm in. I'll just get there, and I'm going. And like bearing in mind, uh, what would we eat? I'm thinking about what we eat. <laughs> I can't remember. We'd, we'd eaten some trash food before we turned up to this music video, and suddenly my stomach just starts turning and turning and turning. And I'm going, "Oh, Alex, is it, do you think there's a toilet around there? I need a shit. Like, I need a shit." And he's going, "For real? You need a shit?" I'm going, "Alex, it's one of those times I talk about on the podcast where I'm about to shit myself." I was like, "We need to find a toilet." And I look up a toilet, and it's like a mile away. And I'm like, there's no way. I was like, I'm going to have to pull down my trousers before they get here and shit in the corner somewhere and hope that they're going <laughs> to wipe my ass. And fucking, basically, thank... Oh, just 
Like, there is a god, because I fucking walked to the back of this warehouse and somebody had left the toilets unlocked. Wow. And, like, it was that moment of where, like, you pull down your trousers and you're still clenching. You're still fucking holding it in. And as you sit down, it just... Boom! You're saying <laughs> that, but Theo doesn't relate because Theo don't shit himself like we. I have a yeah, yeah, real stomach issue. Um, Jamie's just like a vegetarian, so he just, just you know what I mean. Shit. Yeah, it's well, like, um, I think it's like when I have milk and shit like that, it makes my stomach. Yeah. Probably like, well, I'm I'm gluten intolerant, so I've had I've had close calls in the past. I, mean, I just get I just used to get really bad stomach aches and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, also like I'm always I'm always around where toilets are. Usually, you know, I work in an office or work from home. There's toilets in both those places. Mm-hmm. I get the train to yeah, work. I don't, I'm not that there. privileged yet. Yeah. I can't work. <laughs> we don't even have an office for this fucking podcast. We work from our bedroom. <laughs> nah, I work from my office. This is my office. Yeah, yeah. This is my this office is my as well, office. right now. <laughs> I um, I've, uh, I've decorated my shed with some lovely Christmas items. As you can see in the background up here. Nice. Just a bit of tinsel and a fucking just all wrapped around. Just the one bit of tinsel. I didn't put. I didn't put any decorations up, to be fair. Um, so, Theo just uh, dropped an album. I don't mm. know if you've listened to it, Jamie. Oh, shit. Well, I've, what, I've the, actually... The, the, the one with the red cover? Like, uh, that was about, that was over a year ago. That was a long time. Uh, I've, I've just uploaded... Listened to, I've listened to that one. Get yeah. up to date. I nice. produced it and everything. I sent it to you, Jamie. Like, <laughs> fucking... What the hell? Did you send it to me? <laughs> Look how many things you sent me the other day. Yeah, that you told thing, me to. You know, you probably, yeah, I told you to, but I mean, Louis, uh, Theo's thing is probably like 300 things back now. Well. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not just like there. News for you, Jamie. I uploaded a brand new album last night, and it's going to come out in a few days' time. It's called Eat, it's called Eat Bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I think it's the best thing I've done so far, because it's like, I, I selected what was going on there carefully. Yeah. And I worked with this singer called Rachel Morgan, who's actually really good at singing. And I'm not actually a good singer at all. So when I was mixing, I was like, this is just embarrassing. Because I was like, you know, I was, I was like, we're going to do the same thing. I make noises and you actually sing. And then um, I also got the amazing uh, chef, Joseph Heshme, to help me uh, create a track that's called... Um, it's called Songs to Rob Tesco To. And it's all about, like, crime. <laughs> it's, like, meant to inspire you to commit crimes. <laughs> well, how did Joseph help? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds healthy. Joseph and I were going out... Um, what were we doing? Oh, I so I, as, if you, as you mentioned earlier, Louis, I have done some work for Heinz, and I had to go to Sainsbury's to get some stuff, supplies, and Joseph drove me. And then we came back to my Don't house. Don't tell me like, you oh. robbed the homes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Legally, I know no, that I definitely didn't, didn't happen. <laughs> no, yeah, didn't happen. I get, I get. No, don't worry about that. Yeah. And yeah, then staff uh, discounts. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joseph. We never running out of ketchup. You're the sauce man. <laughs> and then Joseph. Um, you just open your coat. <laughs> and then Joseph came back to my house, and then we went. I was like, look at this uh, desk I built in my bedroom. I've built this really cool desk and it's got a piano inside of it and I started showing Joseph Logic and like showing him plugins and MIDI stuff and then he was like oh cool and then we just started making something and it kind of came out and it's just sort of weird weird uh, weird track it's uh, like a lot of cool shit can happen like that where somebody who has like no prior knowledge of making Mm. music if you just like give them like a couple tools and then you with your knowledge of making music work from that it's yeah. like it can, it can create some really weird shit. Like I've done it with Jamie before. Mm. <laughs> that was yeah. a little. Don't listen to it. It'll be out soon. It'll be out no, soon. What, it's very it exciting. Like, um, is it a whole like yeah, a whole twelve songs project? Man? Twelve songs. One of them I actually wrote um, about over a year ago, and I just didn't know what to do with it for ages. So I was like, oh, you know, you know what? I started writing music. Have you heard of the band Morchiba? No. Very, very good band. Mm-hmm. Very popular in the early 2000s. And I met the uh, guitar player at a party like a year ago or something. And I just started speaking to him. And he was kind of like, yeah, we just make music we like. And then um, people like it as well. That's quite cool. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to my sister's boyfriend, Simon. And he was like, uh, no one really cares what you do. You know, no one like I don't even. He was like, I don't know what. A while ago. Yeah, he's like, no one knows John yeah. Lennon's first. I don't remember John Lennon, but like, no one knows Bob Dylan's first song or anything. 
like yeah. or, or Beethoven's first song. You just care about the good stuff. There's no pressure, and no one's going to listen to it. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, went home, and I was like, so to write music, you've just got to do something just different. Just like just make something, and then it's then that's a thing you've made, and that's it. And it's like pretty easy once you get that. You know, like um, what gave me that sort of mindset first when like making weird beats and shit. Because obviously, if you listen to my shit, it's like there's there's it, you can't call it commercial in any sense of the word. You know what hmm. I mean? It's like you can't. You know what I mean? It's so hard to sell. So it's like <laughs> what gave me that mindset first is like finding like music concrete. You know, like that genre. Mm. It's just literally like weird fucking sounds basically all mashed together i found that shit and then i saw like a couple things on youtube of music concrete songs with like hundreds of thousands of views and i was like mm. like how are these people that just mash all these random sounds together like done so well and it was mm. just that idea of like it doesn't doesn't actually matter what you do like if you fuck with it and if you just think it sounds weird and cool and shit There'll be people out there that just agree with it and just be like, yeah, that's some weird yeah, shit. Yeah, there'll be someone who finds it, of, like, who loves it. Like, and there is a sense of achievement. Like, if you create something, no matter whether people listen to it or not, like, you create something that you fuck with, like, it's just great. It's just good for you. <laughs> like, mm. you know what I mean? It's just good for it. Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my job is um, I'm a, I'm a, if you didn't know, Jamie, I work at VaynerMedia, which is an advertising agency and a, a bit of a unique job role it's like creator slash creative so my whole job is just to continually make stuff and I've, I've made I've made things which have been like viewed viewed over a million yeah, times and stuff that everybody is trying to get right now yeah I mean <laughs> I didn't everyone we know <laughs> the weird thing is the weird thing is I didn't even know it's like a thing until I kind of like looked into it more and more and you're like oh this you can actually like have a commercial job like you're saying Louis, what like, sort of things do they ask you to create like what's your parameters do they say like is, is it music is it adverts is it well items? I mean it depends it depends what you're doing specifically so the the role of a creator is pretty specific to uh, do you know Gary Vaynerchuk he's like this uh, American guy who's, who talks about NFTs a fair bit and all that sort of stuff who um, again? Gary Vaynerchuk um, he's been he... on Joe Rogan and stuff he's quite famous is I might have like... seen him I just don't know him by that nah. name Oh, is it Gary V? Yeah, Gary V. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The bear, like he's like bear inspirational. Yeah. I've so I I kind of work for him, technically. He's the head of the company, yeah. so he owns this like company that owns VaynerMedia, and so my my understanding at least. Anyway, yeah, it's just kind of like you're just making you're making things that are culturally relevant and trying to resonate with culture, which is really interesting. And it's like I'm interested from an advertising perspective because I like advertising. I think it's interesting when you do it really well, and. uh yeah, so it's just a different kind of advertising, really, you know? Um, you make, like, TikToks and Instagram yeah. reels and all that sort of stuff. Like, uh, it's always... I always see it as, like... I don't know if you think about it like, like this way, but you make stuff where it's, like, it's so that people respond to it. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, like, you make something that a lot of people will be like, that's fucking disgusting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, well, it's, like, it's it's engaging. That's, that's the thing. It's, what, and walking the line of, like, too far... You know, like, if you see something you totally agree with, you're not going to engage. Yeah. And you don't want someone to outrage. The, the best kind of thing is, like, Especially is opinion-based. or something. Yeah, you want someone I to say, I love this, video. or that's different, you know? I, I do like, that thing that differently. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah, like... The video that you put out, which was, like... What was that weird video you put out, which was, like, eating stuff with, like... Oh, it was ages ago, and you put out a video. Yeah, we had to cut a bit out because we were speaking about stuff that we weren't supposed to be speaking about. But we'll go back into it now. Oh my god, <laughs> this is like fucking an actual I feel like podcast. I'm on the inside. We got inside bits. <laughs> it's very cool because here we go. You get to see what's going on in all these different places, and it's a it's a really like I I would genuinely um suggest going into advertising for anyone who's creative that wants to uh, have a stable income, I guess. Which that's quite sad, but it's a it's a really nice environment. The people that I work with are genuinely really really clever. Like you know you know what it's like when you're trying to creative develop your own work. But if I'm working with people who are creative directors for a living, yeah. and you show them an idea, and it's just a, you'd love it, Lou. You just show someone an idea, and they can instantly pick out what's good about it and yeah. give you feedback, which will make you think about it in a different way. And it's mm. so good. And you think, wow, that's so amazing. You have that skill to just look at this. And relay back to me the exact thing that is like perfect to do. 
And when you work with people like that, it's, it's amazing. And you know, people who are like a genius strategists who can look at things and be like, this is what's happening in culture right now. And you're like, that's actually me. I'm doing that. And I didn't realize I was doing it, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah um, that's crazy. How did, how did you actually oh, come geez. across this job in the first place? Did you just apply to a bunch of different places and this is the place that said yes or what? So I, um, I started getting into advertising just before COVID. I went to uh, a famous agency in London called Mother to sort of discover what advertising was. And I met a copywriter called Georgina. And then we kind of stayed in contact and we worked together. We, we created a partnership. So yeah. Georgina and Theo were a creative team that then get employed to agencies to do creative work. So yeah. previous we worked at a place with Gravity Road. And then we, um, Georgina was in touch with a creative director from VaynerMedia. And then we got in contact and they were looking for creators we had a call, we had a video call, like a Zoom call like this, just to like chat and talk about it and see what it was about. And they were like, basically, we can make your work famous. Uh, we can give you the opportunity, we can give you the opportunity to become famous rather. Yeah. So, you know, we'll give you these, the kind of briefs that you can kind of do a lot of variable stuff with. And then we're like, yeah, that sounds really interesting. And so mm -hmm. it kind of came about through that way. It's, an, it's, it's genuinely the best place I've ever worked. It's so much fun. It's great. Yeah. It sounds sick, and it also sounds, for me, terrifying. It sounds like I have mm. to interact with so many humans all the time. <laughs> 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 oh, I wish yeah. I wasn't but so that, fucked that up, because that sounds <laughs> nah, I think no, if you, you got it. into it, like, I, think, yeah, I think if you started and just got over that first hurdle, because all it is for most people is the first hurdle, and yeah. then once you were going it's in... what everybody it says great, to me, but it doesn't work like that with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm weird around people that I've known for 21, 21 years. Yeah. Well, that's all right, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's just like how you, how I guess how you are right now, and that'll change or not change or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just vibing it out at the moment. Nice, <laughs> nice. Is it enjoying the passage of time? That's what, if that's yeah. what you can do, that's great. Mm -hmm. What is um, what is your top? You know, I know, like the type of music you make, I would almost call it like. Bob Dylan, Beatles-esque mm. inspired. You know what I mean. I'll take that. Yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know ever how to categorize it, and I always try and put it down as religious music whenever I can, because it just sounds funny to me. And yeah, I tried to do that, and it was like, <laughs> and then it was like, uh, we they, we don't they don't allow explicit content on religious things. So I did get it taken on something else. I don't know what I did in the end, but you know, fucking bastards, mate. <laughs> that's, that's that's going against your religion. My religion is explicit. <laughs> Well, um, obviously, because Louis and I are the ordained ministers as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, was, I almost did my mum's wedding, but she she thought I'd fuck it up. Mm. <laughs> That's understandable. It'd be scary. <laughs> I was I wanted to dress like the Pope and stand at the front like with the fucking baby bird hat and shit. Baby bird hat. That, that would have been know, his hat looks hilarious. like a baby bird. Oh yeah, kind of does. Yeah. Like, um, what well, I was going to ask though, because uh, I asked that about your music. Is um mm. what what is like your, your it's say musically, if you mm. had to narrow it down to like a couple like maybe a top three inspirations of like these are the people that I mm. want to make music the most like you know or like inspire me to make the shit that I make yeah um, what would I would, that be? I'd say um, the Beatles for me is the biggest inspiration you could you could just have just a Beatles catalog and then just live your life fine that you don't need much more than that. Anything else is kind of a bonus. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I would say the Beatles and I would say, uh, I think Johnny Cash in the, in the element that like that, that music is like tar and like once it gets on you, it doesn't get off and it just like seeps into your personality and your being once you've heard like a good Johnny Cash album, like Folsom Prison. And I'd say third, maybe like... Harvest on vinyl. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Johnny Cash? I, I can't remember which one of you. That I'll, I'll guarantee that's a different person. <laughs> just that. a random, just a random Johnny idol. Cash, <laughs> Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison is 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 a great great album, but um yeah I mean like third one maybe Led Zeppelin because it's just like the guitar is just incendiary you know it just sounds incredible. I I always think like the Beatles was the best four musicians together ever, and Led Zeppelin was the best band ever. Just because the way Led Zeppelin worked together is just so, so good. And the way that the Beatles, like, were on their own, iconic. I've just looked up who made the album Harvest, and it's Neil Young. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Neil Young, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always thought it was Johnny Cash for some reason. Am I an idiot? Yeah. 
I, I, I watched could, the. I doc- personally, I I could never get into the Beatles. Like, yeah. I don't know what it is. I tried to go for a phase where I like because I was like everyone talks about them so highly, mm. like they're so iconic, and I was like I will try and listen to them. And obviously they have the one or two songs where I'm like fair, mm. but it never like stuck to me. It never was like wow, this is you incredible. Just got, you got to start with Sergeant Pepper's. And then like, <laughs> explore from there. You know what I mean? That's like, that's like base level. Where if you if you listen to that and you enjoy that, then the other shit will like make more sense. Where well, it did for me anyway. I've got Sergeant I mean, Pepper's the vinyl as a mouse pad right in front of me. It's just. Like, <laughs> I think for me, like the the album that I would say start with would be like uh, uh, Abbey Road, because yeah. there's a wide range of stuff. And for me, that's like it's it's cream of the crop, like the best best kind of like from from the silly songs i think a problem people have with the beals is that when they think of the beals they go to like 17 year olds singing love songs mm-hmm. but like you think about paperback writer eleanor rigby the variety is so big that you yeah. could you'll, you'll find something you like out of the mix and it, mm-hmm. if you don't like it right now it doesn't mean you won't come back to it in two years time and be like oh it kind of makes sense now because i had that with the who i didn't really like the who at first and then after a few years i gave it a listen again i was like oh i kind of get it now do you like the idols? Yeah. The idols, I think I've heard them before. They're like Oh uh, my god. We're about to expand your musical fucking right. Jamie's like Emphasis. favourite band in the world. Yeah, really? I, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why, but like I I do know why, because they're fucking amazing. But like, <laughs> I literally watched their Glastonbury performance and I was just like the guy like the their whole their whole being is just fucking greatness mm. like the guy used to be a homeless addict and uh his wife works now in the nhs and like they just started making like fucking like it's like punk leftist rock he's mm. like he speaks what, like what you, you look like a walking thyroid like it's well <laughs> it's well like english yeah, like, like cutting mm. it's like english lower class like just gritty sickness yeah their, um, yeah their biggest it's like song their new called, album what's their biggest song called uh the uh, never fight a man with a perm but like their new album the crawler is like the best shit i've ever heard in my life yeah like the two songs they released off that like i haven't stopped listening to it to this day like it's it's pretty sick it's just and it's, so it's produced by good. you know kenny beats is yeah. That sounds familiar. He's like, he's probably right now, especially in like the alternative hip hop world. He's like probably mm. like the biggest alternative hip hop producer, like most famous. Wow. Moment, anyway, but he's um, he's like a modern day Rick Rubin type character. He'll work with wow. the idols, and then he'll work with like JPEG Mafia, and then he'll work with fucking uh, Spino, like mm. all these different fucking yeah, crazy he is, people he's that are about at the moment absolute go but it's just that's what i mean like it's crazy to me you don't know who these people are mm. like I, I obviously know some of the people you just mentioned not all of them but we're just in different like avenues of like creative mm. go like you said the mm. who like, like just... oh i never really got the who as if uh, that was like, a big thing i couldn't sing to you right now off the top of the head a who song if i heard mm. one i'd probably know there's the one song. well famous one what's their but, most like, famous one? my generation's the famous one isn't it what, what, what one's that how's that go it's like da, 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 talking about my generation. <laughs> yeah, but I know what you mean though. Like, is you 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 surround yourself in different circles, and it's the the, the whole thing of like having your own uh, echo chamber of what you're used to, and that's the whole thing of like social media showing you what you like. You don't break out of your own algorithm, and you just become the condensed version of what you have liked online. That's why I try and make friends with people who like are actual. Or like trying to speak to people about music and about art who are actually mm. really far away from me. Like mm. my cousin Lewis Biggs, he he has he doesn't listen to anything made past two thousand. Mm. Like he's literally he's like, you know, like he's like a super hardcore grunge head. You know, somebody mm. who can list off like twenty grunge bands. I know like 10. yeah, he's yeah. you know what I mean. He could just list off twenty as like top twenty, and then like every little fucking. You know, he introduced me to, um, is it Alice in Chains? Oh, I love Alice in Chains. Alice yeah. in Chains is fucking yeah. hard. He introduced me to them, so it's like, I like having them friends in them weird pockets who are like completely out of your, like, 
echo chamber, isn't it? Like, mm. at least online. Bleed the Freak. Bleed the Freak is the... F I was trying to fucking remember the name the whole time, but Bleed the Freak is the coolest song ever. I was working with someone in Croatia, and they put me on to Alice in Chains. Mm. Bleed the Freak became our song. <laughs> I can't remember what one he was showing me. Have you ever heard, uh, listen to... Uh, Daisy Chainsaw? They're like a punk band. I don't think so, no. Daisy Chainsaw. It's weird, Sounds like, punky, cool. grungy stuff. It's fucking awesome. Uh, huh. This one does write down. I've, yeah, I've had phases where I've gone into different music, but I've always found my way back to hip-hop. Like, I went, like, when I was living, I was like, a couple of years ago, I was living on a farm, and there was no one around, and it was, like, the perfect time for me to get into, like, Jimi Hendrix and Nirvana. Mm. And, like, for that whole summer... I was just blaring Jimi Hendrix and Nirvana mm. from my window because it was just like so sonically like crazy. Like it's not really like a hip hop fit. Like hip hop's cool to blare out, but like rock when people are screaming or like yeah. slashing the guitar, like it's the best fucking feeling ever. Yeah. I think that has now transcended me into like liking the idols so much. It's because they're like a modern version of that where like they... they they have Kenny Beats producing their album who makes the fucking hardest beats like mm. one of the hardest producers we have now and it's just like I reckon we will be listening to the idols for like years to come yeah like, they're not a band that's just like around for 15 minutes everyone forgets about like they'll be they're like, like a new Arctic Monkeys type thing yeah, yeah I, got, I got that kind of vibe when we described them it's, um, you know they don't sound like the Arctic Monkeys sonically at all they're like is well it's like it's, it's a punk it's attitude, punk. yeah. Like you mean culturally relevant wise? Fully sonically punk, but like right. it's a punk attitude with like mm. yeah, yeah. It's like the punk attitude with like like the feeling of like you know like Arctic Monkeys riffs and drums like they're yeah. so like they start and you're like oh shit like, like clean and rhythmic like that nice yeah, and neat like, feeling. It's you like know, you can tell, like, really you can tell they made a hundred songs music. to just get that one perfect riff. <laughs> yeah. That sort of yeah, yeah. Opposite of the way I work. <laughs> like make a hundred songs and then put 90 of them out. <laughs> you know, I had this weird, <laughs> yeah. weird thing recently <laughs> where, um, you know, the Spotify rap thing came out. You know, Josh, Josh Sara, he messaged me and one of my songs was one of his most listened to songs on Spotify. And it was the song Paper River. And I was like, that's interesting. And I was like, I don't even remember how that song goes anymore. Because I started, I did this so long ago, and so I googled it. I, I put in Paper River on Spotify, and this band came up called Paper River, and I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm gonna listen to them. They're amazing. They're so good. And I tried to find them, and they're this band in Korea that um, is not very popular. I don't, I don't think they've got like you know one song over a thousand plays on Spotify. But they're so yeah. nice. They're lovely. That like really sweet stuff. And yeah. I messaged them, and I was like, hey. Do you, I'm making an album. Do you want to collaborate? And they were like, there must have been the language barrier because they were like, yeah. we don't want to jump into this. I think yeah. they're thinking I was talking about signing a contract. I was like, let's make yeah. music. I'll send you a song. And they're like, that's not enough for us to understand. And I was like, it's okay. Just good luck with this. <laughs> and they're like, we really... Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> you type it in Korea. They were, like, Korea. they were like, we take this very seriously, but we are uh, not prepared to make this. And I was like, okay, good luck with it. You sound great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I felt like I was worrying them. <laughs> well, fair enough to them. They're doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Hopefully, in the future, they fucking. What are they called? Uh, Paper River. I'll send you a link later on. They're Paper genuinely River, yeah. really nice music. I if need they to make it paper, big, so and there's no more language podcast, so I can write a bunch. Yeah. Of yeah, yeah. Well, we can we can write it down afterwards. We're flexible like that. Yeah. We've got what, time. Um, do you, uh, are you at all, you're, so you're like sort of involved in like uh, videos and shit as well, you know what I mean? So you make TikToks, so is there actual any, I saw that you used to do animations, I don't know if you're still doing that. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty categorise myself as a serial maker in that I get addicted to the sense of creating things. So I've just, I've just kind of come up with quite an interesting skill set of like making videos, animation, building guitars, making pipes, making desks, everything. Because yeah. of like, I just want to do it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've done, I've done, um, you know, on a daily basis, pretty much. I use like Premiere, uh, After Effects, Photoshop, all that sort of stuff to make different kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, recently, I, I I worked for Heinz on Vayner, and that was involving creating 
TikToks and Instagram reels that you're saying and like a wide one of them has got one of them that I'm in has got 1.5 million views which is just crazy because that's like 2% of the UK population something like that kind of weird um, I wrote crazy. I, me and Georgina wrote a script for a TikTok that got 1.6 million views so it's kind yeah. of like, it's kind of like that cool kind of surreal thing where you're in your kitchen and you're making a sandwich and you're filming it and then like 200,000 people see it and that's <laughs> this is really weird right okay I'll tell you I'll tell you how this thing works so when the Euros was happening I was in my kitchen and I put a ketchup cross on a slice of bread to look like the England flag, right? Yeah. And we put it online and it was on a... By the end of the day, it was on a billboard on the Thames, an electric billboard on the Thames, shown on the Thames. A picture of a sandwich that I made, <laughs> right? That's crazy. It's absolutely mind-blowing, fuck? right? And then so that awesome. that developed further and by the end of the Euros, we had... Um, we had I had helped design a brand new ketchup bottle to commemorate the Euros, asking into the finals, and it started like that. So it's like you know, it it's amazing you, what you can do in your kitchen. You drew a cross on a bit of bread. <laughs> yeah, pretty That's much unbelievable. So that pretty is much truly like, unbelievable. Yeah, and I've got that. I've got one of the ketchup bottles in my house as well, the limited edition ones. Pretty cool. That's like yeah, you have to keep that. Shit no matter forever. what That's happens in life yeah. now, you know, your 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 sandwich was on a billboard on the Thames. <laughs> I've got proof of it. I made a tick. Me and me and Georgina made a TikTok, <laughs> and it got it went to the front page of TikTok. So on you know the explore page, Jamie, of of everyone's yeah, TikTok, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, in the yeah. front of that. That's crazy. crazy, and that's a kind of uh, you know a, a marketable skill that you can take with you and, and be like, I have a, I can I can make things yeah, that like, do in well socially. World, it's, it's credentials. Like it's basically your credentials. Like yeah. there's a very select few people who are able just to spontaneously do that. Mm. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just fucking put... Like, that's what I mean. People would say, like, that's that's what I always think about is, like, someone would see that billboard with ketchup on it, like, on a piece of bread, and be like, that's so fucking dumb. Because there's people trying yeah. all over the world to create, like, crazy art, and you put ketchup on a bread. But it's so simple that nobody did it, and that's why it got there. It's also like, just pretty it was cool. Just so so simple and like yeah yeah. It's just the whole like, thing of like there's a whole movement culturally towards the lo-fi aspect. Shout out to him yeah. the podcast. But you know the the authentic feeling. That's why TikTok is so good because everyone it, you see an authentic thing that is non-manicured, and you know how like um, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll take a bit of a strategist dive here. This is what you'd how you talk about the the signal idea as like people are creating like private accounts on Instagram, you know, and have their close friends story where they're showing less of a curated show of their life, you know? So more like selfies with double chins and stuff like that, like more openness. And that is kind of what the younger generation is moving towards. So think about like the whole authentic lo-fi culture. Even if if you look at... It'll become more limited. Like it'll just become like... Because like YouTube, like everything like Vine, all this shit like had that aspect to it. Mm. Where it was like create a six minute or like five second whatever video mm. where it was like it felt it was really out of context felt more real rather than just celebrities like instagram mm. and all of that shit but like do you feel like tiktok tiktok will fucking end up having that same sort of like parameter where people can't do that well you think it'll become it'll become a manicured thing and it will there'll be a new not, level not manicured of... but there'll it be already like is a, in a way like, like... You know, the, the, have you heard the thing about TikTok where TikTok, every single video that's posted on TikTok now how, has like a, a minuscule beautifier uh, filter on it. Yeah, so like there's... Yeah, yeah. Filter on it. It's all that sort of stuff. It, it goes... It's very, very odd. There's mm-hmm. there's some weird things and I don't I don't understand TikTok well enough to be able to speak with any confidence. It's all like just my idea of it so far. But it seems to me like... I think... I don't know. It's difficult to know where it's going, but I think you get you always get the combatant side of both cultures. So when you have the lo-fi thing come up so much, you know the the whole like record scratching thing, then you also get that super nice clean auto tune come back as well to go against yeah, it. You get rebellious, and it's just that sort of rebellious. thing going back and forth. So you'll you'll have you'll have those like manicured and nicely curated TikTok stuff and then you'll have the guy who like farts on camera and gets like 7 million views uh, like in his mum's basement and it's like this is amazing content (laughs) you know it's like this is genius I'm not my kind of guy it's it's, it's a cross culture as well this lo-fi movement Mm. because it's like you know like talk shows and TV programs and stuff 
they're dying and yeah. podcasts are blowing up and podcasts mm. literally it's like the most authentic type of creation you can do it's literally just yeah. you speaking like fully yeah i was listening to a podcast speaking. the other day and they were saying like we've all become radio men <laughs> he was like <laughs> we're just we're back to the radio what's mm. the point in anything like we've just gone in this massive cycle where people just want to listen to people talk mm. for hours now <laughs> and uh, as well so the other one that i was thinking of is like um you know like twitch streamers or like mm. youtube streamers whereas yeah. she like it's it's just like free like up to like 12 hours of somebody sitting playing a video game no cuts no breaks there might be a little bit of like fancy stuff on the screen and stuff but like mm. it's just nothing like even people making music and stuff at the moment like a lot of shit i do now when i listen to music is i listen to producers that i like that are on twitch and they just sit and they make make beats like on, mm. on twitch and that stuff that never even gets released but it's just you just hear it that like one time it's like you know, i'm making it then like timbland does it doesn't he as well yeah his is a bit more like um interactive than the the ones i mm. watch like the ones i watch is literally is like knowledge just sitting making beats or like nice. line design sitting making yeah. beats and like they'll 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 sometimes there's like a video game and they'll like just sit and play the game for a bit look at the look at the chat and be like say all right to people but they're bare yeah. like awkward stoners so like i, I doubt <laughs> they they barely read it because it just makes them awkward <laughs> But, um, yeah, like, yeah, I don't even well, make beats, in that and I, I got into pureness. You know what I mean? Of just like uh, no filter, almost like um a punky attitude. You know? like, authenticity is the, is the new currency of how of how authentic someone is. The more interesting it becomes, the more real it becomes, and you get that whole thing of like people becoming across fake and misrepresenting themselves becomes so apparent. Do you remember, there was quite a big thing on TikTok that banned those three women who. Um, uh, I can't remember their name but they did like you know this whole emo thing and like punk thing but they didn't know who like Paramore was I think and it all yeah. turned out they were like an industry plant put together and that does happen a fair bit but like the new the new younger generation rejects that thing of like unauthentic behaviour and uh, TikTok is good for authenticity it's you know on if you if you were making something that's going to reach a lot of people on Facebook you wouldn't have to worry about it so much but something like TikTok, where it's a very uh, younger audience, you'd be cautious, that sort of thing. Well, uh, it links into something we were speaking about with Alex last week, of just, um, he um, he was saying about, like, how accessible it is for people to make content and for people to make mm. stuff. Like, now you can get Premiere, Photoshop, and take pictures on your phone, take amazing videos on your phone. You can make songs on your phone on GarageBand and stuff. And it's like, it's just, it's so accessible for everyone to make shit. It makes sense that the currency is now authenticity and like how original you can be. Because it's mm. like, if everyone can do it, then the only people that poke through are the people that are doing something special, something original that nobody else is doing. So it's yeah. like, it, it just makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, I think yeah. I think that whole thing of, of being able to market yourself and um, becoming your own personal brand Mm-hmm. of like you know the Louis Sutcliffe brand what is that mm-hmm. and you have like you know down to the thing of like you could actually organise the clothes you're going to wear like Steve Jobs is a great example of a personal brand like aside from Apple you could picture him doing anything and you can do it in a Steve Jobs way in your mind mm-hmm. so be able to own that and create that and someone who's great at that is like Little Nas X who did like a, a, a masterclass in marketing his own work like he could just drop out and get a job in advertising and he'd do fine like and his, you know his brand yeah. Is being gay. Yeah, to an really extent, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a <laughs> the long pause. No, but like not, obviously, I'm all for it, isn't it? I'm like yeah. about twenty percent gay myself, isn't it? So it's all like, it is what it is. Twenty percent. It's um. It's um. I say you're definitely getting on to twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, I'm building up to it, Jamie. I'm, I'm slowly letting it out. It's um. <laughs> but fucking. His like his whole brand was literally it came from like people hate him because he's gay and he's a rapper. Mm. Or like he he came out as like the you know what I mean? Oh shit. My earphone fell out. Sorry. <laughs> oh, um, Jesus you know what I mean? He made he made that huge song, Old Town Road, which is like almost mm. it was like groundbreaking in the sense of like nobody 
thought to mix a country song, which is usually like racist white people, and yeah. fucking hip hop, which is like the complete other end of the spectrum. Like, yeah. they weren't like, like nobody was thinking like let's mash them two together, and made a sick song out of it. And then afterwards comes out as gay, which obviously he's fucking gay, but then just fully uses that to his advantage in the sense mm. of like that that literally became in the nicest way possible like his whole image like he does make cool music and good music but his whole thing was like he became like a gay icon and mm. you know like with your Heinz thing where it's like mm. people will people will like hate on it and be like oh that's disgusting that's fucked mm. that's whatever or like people be like oh this is so amazing like good for you like so mm. you know what I mean he had the perfect like either end of the spectrum all like the homophobic racist people going mad at him and then all like the LGBT people like pushing them up and being like, and mm. right in this time where that's such a prominent fucking argument as well as like mm. a perfect storm to rise into the top. He's also you can describe him. You can describe his story so well. Like he he presented himself in a way of like you know, you you summed up the whole thing. But you, the idea of just being like, oh yeah, that hip hop country song with the uh, black gay guy on the horse. It's yeah. like. It's shocking to most ears, you know. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. It's, that's, it's, it's a so, crazy sentence to say. I mean, I, I really want to do a mashup of hip hop and opera. Call it hip hopera, yeah. because because the whole thing about uh, hip hop is that you know people say like, oh, it's about crime, and it's like it, all the negative like is a crime and about violence and about all the negative stuff. And like, if you ever listen to opera, it's loads of it's about like war and killing each other and stuff. And I think it'd be a nice way to merge those two and, and as like a compliment on itself of like you know, imagine we, we, an opera yeah. singer singing about selling drugs and like. Yeah. Being pimping and shit. Imagine writing an opera song which is like all about pimping and selling drugs. That'll be fucking crazy. (laughs) Well I mean, yeah, there you go. Like what if what if people who uh you know, who made who made hip hop had access to opera singers or people who like made opera properly, you know? That'd be amazing. It'd be so cool. (laughs) (laughs) He was the he was the original mix in um, like uh, gospel and fucking mm. hip hop and like not the original but it made it huge you know what I mean so it's like if I w- you think about that like all the crime and the gangster shit and then gospel music is like that is the same thing of like nobody saw that shit coming yeah I mean it's great when you when you have a mix of genres it's just lovely you know you want to hear new stuff I mean the whole thing of like I think I think I was thinking about this today. So I make music, and across the album, there's a wide range of genres, mm. and it means that it probably for a lot of people is not very pleasant to listen to from beginning to end. But I don't really care because it's for me, you know. Yeah. And so you you gotta you gotta be willing to just have that be there for the change of things. Mm. You know, like Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan said. Um, you know, the the Pumpkins is a changing project, and if you're a fan of the band, you're a fan of the change. Yeah. And you're not like if you like an album, that's fine. You can like what you want, but it's the whole thing about being there for the change and the progress or something. And that's the that's the cool part. Do you like Rick Rubin? Rick Rubin, he's the uh, producer, yeah. Yeah, the big. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really yeah. like his like philosophies and shit. He's got a podcast called the Broken Record Podcast, mm. and he um. He, you know all the type of stuff that you speak about in like this creative like yeah. it's almost like a mindset of like the it's like the perfect mindset for a creative almost trying to get into that space mm. like he he could write a book on it you know what I mean he is like mm. he is like a, a guru to creatives he like helps people like realize their visions and mm. stuff. but um he what was that thing Let's just say that uh, that last point again well like, so I can remember why I was here Saying smashing pumpkins and evolving. Oh, changing, yeah. yeah, evolving. yeah. If you're a fan, his, of, the, like, fan his, of the band, his yeah. thing, he talked about that recently, and it was like too, like I think now in this modern world of like you can just put shit out on streaming, people evolve better. But he mm. was talking about it in the sense of like bands and stuff back in the day, you had to set the precedent of like I am gonna be an evolving person, I am gonna be an evolving band. Because mm. if you make five albums that all sound really the same. And then one random album that's like a left turn. Obviously, there's mm. no rules. So it's like everyone might love it still anyway. But it's like if you set the precedent of every single album I make is a completely different project, sounds completely mm. different. Even every single song I make sounds completely different. Then people like 
will be prepared for that. Like my, mm. my a perfect yeah, example yeah. at the moment is Kendrick Lamar. Mm. Like every project he's made is like he's just like gone through different like it's like sonically and stages like, yeah the stages tone, of his life the tone of every tell, single like, album is completely like different they're all linked mm. together by it, his like world but like like and it's like if you look at it now it seems it's like a natural progression mm. like, it goes in a direction but like you would never expect in the direction it was going to go every time he dropped his album it was like and he almost built that precedent of like, what the fuck is he gonna do next? Like, what crazy left turn is he gonna throw at us now? Yeah, that, that's exactly what everyone's hanging on right now. Like, mm. he's, like he's soon to drop an album, and nobody knows what the tone, what the message. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know whether it's just gonna be some hard radio shit. And there always is those <laughs> songs, like on the, on on like his albums, like "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe," fucking DNA. Like, there's always those ones that break through, but the me- the concepts of the album are so like different every time. The message is so strong. Uh, imagine I mean, going from like a hard synthy sample based album, yeah, where hard drums like kind of trappy, kind of dark and shit, mm. to then drop in a basically a ninety percent jazz album. Mm. And it's just like that left turn is like, if you see the progression of hip hop and like how the actual albums like played out, like it makes sense. But then yeah. fucking when that just happened right after one after another, it's like what like it throws you right off the scent. Yeah. And like people value versatility so highly, like in, in, in any craft, like when you're versatile, that's like the main like crux of your being like mm. you can you can be a, like an old school hip-hop artist but all you ever release is old school hip-hop and people just like they're not in the question for the best or greatest of all time in what that's they why do people like krs-one have like died, so died out like in that yeah. way where i love like, krs-one though he's still legendary KRS-1. but like so they, they've died out because of like their it's haven't like, evolved I guess, the time. Yeah, they so haven't, they're not they adaptable. haven't evolved. They've, they've, and like, yeah, yeah. it's respectable. Just do your thing. You know what I mean? They're always going to have this audience if they're as big and amazing as they was back then. Yeah, it's, it's not wrong to do. Value. It's just, mm. But like, yeah. the people that don't evolve, they like, they drop down the levels of like, who people put no ability or just cr- or just credible. Yeah, the times there are changing, huh? Like Bob Dylan. Yeah. 